0: What's going on, guys? This is Dave Thomas, and this is Brian Pritz, and we are back with our fifth episode of the business of lifting weights. Um, today, we're going to talk a lot about the mental side of things. This was a topic that was suggested by our friend Matt McKee, and um, actually
1: a couple other people. I got a couple emails and a couple uh, in person questions about this too.
0: Yeah, and I know that that's something that you're um, really into is the mental aspect of things. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be kind of going back giving some examples from some of our athletic playing days. Um, Just talking about how that relates to being successful, the challenges of sports and basically mental, um, you know, mental things you can do to get better at sport, but also how that kind of carries over into other aspects of your life. Since I know we're both very big believers that what you do kind of physically mirrors how you are in your life.
1: Yeah. And I think you mentioned this in one of the previous episodes is you find that people athletes especially, um, who kind of put that work in the gym, um, are also successful outside of life. So there's definitely like that parallel, um, between the two.
0: Absolutely. Like I'm a very big believer in the, you are how you train, um, and we'll get into all of that. So, uh, definitely should be some good stuff today. Good takeaways as far as how to improve yourself in the gym. And also I think kind of just like how to take a bigger look at just what you're doing, why you're doing it, um, how to eliminate a lot of the clutter, I think from, from what people are doing, mm-hmm. get, you know, be able to show some perspective on, on how we want to be dialing in on specific things as opposed to letting just the noise all around us kind of overwhelm us and then uh, we quit. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we hear all the time the brain is a muscle um, that can be trained just like anything else. And um, one of the things that I want to ask you about is, you know, going back to your days when you played in the Red Sox organization, I know you kind of had, um, somewhat of like a turning point where you things really started to click for you and your career started to take off, not more than it previously had, but you just saw a noticeable difference in your performance. Yeah. Um, what was that like and what really kind of got the mental side of things for you to click?
1: Um, you know, it was a combination of things. Um, we actually had a guy named Bob Tewksbury, um, in the Red Sox system who his sole job was to talk to players, especially young players coming up on the mental side of the game and kind of teach them how to approach every at bat, every inning pitch, all that stuff. Um, in in terms of how to get the best result. Um, and you know, it's funny, I didn't take advantage of him as much as I wish that I had. Um, because looking back, you know, a lot of times you learn a lot about your life and your career when you look back on it. Um,
0: would you say that part of that is because like, you're younger, you have so much confidence in your physical abilities that maybe you think like, I don't really need this all that much. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, I walked onto the field and thought that I didn't need any help on any level. Um, And it wasn't until I kind of gave up that mentality and allowed other people to help me. I see that
0: a lot too in the gym. It's always
1: harder to get through to the younger crowd because, you know, more energetic, they
0: recover faster, um, their bodies have a better output. So it's hard to kind of get through in a lot of that stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, when you're that age, you just think that you're kind of invincible. So you know, you you tend to not take advice from others. And kind of looking back on my career, had I taken more advice um, from Bob and other people, you know, I, I would have been a much better player and probably would have been way more successful. Um, but you know, it, it it all started with just that realization that you can do a few small things um, in your preparation to go mm-hmm. to an at bat, for example. That the outcome all of a sudden became like way more clear and way more easier. Yeah, and it's that like makes sense.
0: Yeah, and and one thing to just interject is like we're talking about baseball now, which like people aren't gonna be all that interested in. Right. But the takeaways are the approach to it. Yeah. And like if you've never played baseball, like hitting something that's coming at you 80 to 95 miles an hour at different angles that you have under a second to react to, it's hard as shit. <laughs> and so a lot of it is that mental aspect of being able to clear a lot of that noise around you and really
1: dial in on it. Yeah, I actually uh just saw a headline, I didn't actually read the article. Um but it was something about how they just proved that hitting a baseball from a pitcher should be impossible. Um <laughs> something like that. Who knows if it was actually real, but just from um, like a timing perspective. Yeah, just the time yeah. that you have to react and all that stuff, but um apparently I didn't care enough to click on the, <laughs> to read the article. <laughs> The
0: headline didn't bait you enough?
1: Uh, I was really interested. I just didn't, I don't know, some of those things, I'll look at it later or something.
0: Yeah, so what were some of the things that you, um, yeah, I mean, what are some of the specifics for like things that you would do each day, uh, just your overall preparation, your actual walking up to the plate, more that like micro approach? Um, what were some of your habits that you saw really improved your performance?
1: Uh, the main thing, number one, was having a very clear set goal. Um, so, you know, whether it's baseball, whether it's lifting weights, whether it's just your general kind of outlook on the gym and what you want to accomplish is to know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a lot of people, I think at the gym that just kind of show up, they do the workout and they're not really trying to do something specific, you know? Like just
0: walking up to the plate, like, yeah, no preparation. I'm just going to kind of like react to whatever's in front of me. Yeah.
1: like, I'm just going to try and hit a home run or something when it's like, you know, that might not be. Um, you know, the best use of your time, and then you, you quit
0: the first at bat. You don't hit a home run. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, it's a very good way of yeah. Putting it
0: the the of. parallels between that like are very very evident between just having a plan, visualizing how that plan is going to go, and really just having an approach to just whatever the hell you're doing.
1: Yeah, and you know, just thinking about that now, that that is the a great example of why you know you put so much effort into the website and what. That goal of the day is so mm-hmm. you know if you're a p360 member and you go look at the workout ahead of time you'll probably see a lot of notes just about what what's going on that day um, and that's for you guys that's to come in with a specific goal in mind that you want to accomplish
0: yeah it's like and we'll get into it in a little but you have to have you know we talked about it in the last episode like always having that why yeah um, everything should be with a purpose and with a plan and so it's like i want people to know what when we're talking about just the workouts, like why you're doing this and then how you can then kind of visualize how that's going to go for you.
1: Right. It's not just a random group of exercises that we threw together. Cause it was, it'd be cool. Um, there's actually a set purpose behind all that.
0: Yeah. So in, in talking more about like your actual approach, like would you do basically just like how you hear visualization to go? Like you're lying down, you're picturing how that's going to go. And then you see it happen in real life.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, this goes back, actually, in my baseball days, this went before you actually walked up to the plate, but you also do, um, when you're on the on deck circles, you actually imagine the ball coming out of the pitcher's hand and you putting, like, a perfect swing on the ball, and then you actually visualize the outcome of where that ball goes. Um, and when I started doing that, it was like every at-bat then became almost like slow motion, if you will. Like, the the ball, you know... Which normally comes 95 miles an hour at you, it almost like slows down to where you can like see the the rotation. You can see the laces, and it's just like all of a sudden, wow, this is a much easier thing to do than if you just walk up to the plate and everything's moving fast. You're worried about the crowd. You're worrying about the pitcher. You're worrying about that you know girl in the stands that you're trying to impress or whatever. You know, it's Ashley's just not gonna like that. <laughs> no, she's no, she doesn't <laughs> listen.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's. You know what that honestly makes me think of is the Kevin Costner movie For Love of the Game, where yeah. he does the clear, clear the, the mechanism. mechanism. Yeah, that's like that's so true, and it probably seems like corny, but it's it's that that stuff that stuff works, um, and so yeah, you know you would do that, and then you would see that like your your numbers and everything took off.
1: Yeah, and you know exactly what you said when he clears the mechanism. That's like getting in the zone, um, and there would be times where I was up at bat, and I, you know, you go through slumps and all that fun stuff but when you're doing this consistently and you're seeing it working and you're kind of at the top of your game with it um, there were times where I'd walk up at bat and no joke in my brain the ball would come to the plate and actually stop
0: that's insane to me like
1: in my brain the ball stopped and I had like two seconds to hit it that's what it felt like just like putting it on a tee yeah it was like wow like your brain controls so much of this that if you just do these kind of few visualization exercises and focus on that concentration and break that down into exactly what you want to accomplish like this game that is very difficult uh becomes so much easier it was it was pretty crazy when it actually like worked and I was able to put it in place
0: yeah that that is I find that stuff so fascinating like it's never something I've been able to commit myself to enough Mm -hmm. to get the results that I, I know that I I could out of it but it's like you know People who are listening, nobody's going to go up and try to hit a big league slider. But it's like this is such a good parallel to if you're in the gym and, like, you're going for PRs. Right. Um, if you, like, you know you're know, know, you know you coming in and you're trying to hit a squat PR that day or, like, you know you're training calls for you to hit a squat PR on Saturday. So it's like start thinking about that on Wednesday. And that sounds, like, so obsessive. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily something that, like, should be obsessed over but more of just, like, you're thinking about how that's going to go And you're, you're already picturing the execution in your mind so that when you come in to do it, it's just like, by that point, it's just, it's already, already, it's already happened. Yeah. So you're just doing what you've already outlined in your, in your mind. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's crazy. Like, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, because I've put up some good numbers in the gym, they'll ask me, how do you do it? And it's like, sometimes I give them really shitty answers and I'm like, I don't know, I just do it. And it's like, That's kind of that end outcome because I put in so much work throughout the week of like visualizing what I'm going to do, visualizing my technique, knowing things that I'm bad at and like thinking about them beforehand so that when I go do that lift, it's just like I walk up and I just do it. Right. And that's horrible advice to tell somebody is just like, just go, just go do it. Um, But that's like the end product of all this work that I have put in throughout the week, Mm -hmm. Um, just kind of at home or um, when I'm not actually at the gym.
0: Yeah, that's, um, so it's like, you know, people know that they have a challenge coming and it's not necessarily something that you let overwhelm you, but it's more just something that, you know, you've already, like, like, how could somebody go about, you know, thinking about that before they come in and do it? Like, what are some things that they should be visualizing or how can they make that more successful so that when they do come in, like, like you said, it's already just a matter of like, just do it. Like, what are some specific things that can enable that process?
1: You know, it's just like, you know, take a squat, for example. Let's say normally you kind of, let's say, roll forward or your hips come up um, on that initial lift off. It's just, you know, sitting there kind of calmly thinking through that lift and focusing on not doing that. Essentially taking your sticking points and working through them in your brain. Um, It's actually, there was a study done, um, which is this is like fascinating to me. There was a study done over a six-week period. Where they had one group who strength trained three times a week, and they had another group that didn't do anything physical but just visualized strength training three days a week and over the course of these six weeks the obviously the people who strength trained got in the gym they got you know x amount stronger um but was what was crazy is the people that visualized only that didn't actually lift weights or do anything physical, they still got significantly stronger, yeah, that's um, crazy so You know, it it obviously wasn't as much as the people doing actual work, but it was a noticeable difference. Um, And all they did was just thinking about doing those lifts.
0: Yeah, it's like you're saying how that ties into the central nervous system and strength is all based on the central nervous system, which comes out of the brain. Mm -hmm. So it's like the brain, if the brain is kind of the quarterback, then it's almost like reading the playbook. Yeah. um, Studying up on the playbook before you actually get out there and do it. And that's going to be the difference between somebody who can like, get it done every now and then and somebody who's just kind of a consistent performer
1: month over month, year over year. Right. And, you know, a lot of that is, you know, how do you react when things go wrong or how do you react under stress? Um, And that kind of goes back to that visualization, number one, where you're kind of visualizing yourself through um, anything that you're not doing right. Um, But also in terms of just like breathing, relaxing, um, there was also – I was reading some study where um, – I forget how they put it, but it was something like the more adrenaline and the more hyped up you are before a performance, your, your overall performance actually goes down. So, you know, you, you see people that go up and they're thinking about doing a PR. They get – they pump themselves up and they start yelling and they start, you know, kind of causing that adre- adrenaline to spike. And what they found is that actually decreases hmm. performance. So what actually increases performance is being calm and being very clear at what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of getting up and just trying to get all amped up to right. like raise that adrenaline and lift that weight, calmly walk up to the bar, think about what you're trying to execute, and then just do it and get it done with basically all that work that you put in before walking it up to that bar.
0: Right. And you know, one thing you said when how you're talking about visualizing, like going through certain things that maybe have are difficulties for you, like if your sticking point is, you know, off the floor on deadlift, like how you're gonna get through that in your brain. One thing that's fascinating to me is like coaching one oh one is when you're telling somebody to do something, don't focus on the negative aspect of it. Yep. So it's like you know, if you're trying to get somebody to stop bending their knees too much on a kettlebell swing. You mm-hmm. wouldn't say stop bending your knees so much on the kettlebell swing. You'd say something like, you know, focus on bending at the hips more or mm-hmm. so- something that, that is, that is a net positive outcome. And yep. you never want to bring attention to something bad right before someone goes and does something. Right. So you would never want to say like, Hey, don't, don't round your back. Like right before you go deadlift. Cause, <laughs> cause that's what they're going to be thinking about. Right. So then they're more likely to do what you're thinking about. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, how can somebody focus on difficulties that they have through lifts without it overpowering their thought process and then having that be the outcome of the lift? Like what's, what are ways that you can be productive with those things that
1: usually give you issues? Are you talking about like in the gym stuff or just before the gym or
0: however, like maybe in the gym or or however they can go through visualizing like a lift or a workout where they want a successful outcome where you're walking yourself through wh- where you normally get difficulties, but it's not overwhelming your thought process to the point where that's what happens.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the easiest way to explain it is, you know, through my baseball days is I always had trouble hitting sliders. Yeah, so, that's the hardest pitch ever. Yeah. Um, I
0: remember, what was the guy's name for VCU? Oren Duff Orenduff. Or, yeah. Yeah, I struck out three times against him <laughs> on nine sliders in the dirt. It was the most pathetic display of baseball of all time.
1: I think the only reason I didn't that do that is because I didn't swing. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't see the spin on the ball, so I just didn't swing. Yeah. And then he struck me out looking. But... I
0: remember Atkins was just, like, so disgusted. <laughs> and, like, I was just ashamed. Like, it was just shameful, shameful day. Yeah. Sorry. Go go ahead. understandable. <laughs> um, sliders, so, they're a bitch.
1: Yeah, so I was horrible at hitting sliders, so um, – you know, when I would be on the on deck circle up against a guy that I knew had a good slider, you know, I would sit there and I would close my eyes and I would imagine him going through his wind up and I would imagine him delivering a pitch and I'd go through every pitch, fastballs, sliders, and you know when you're visualizing something that you're not good at, you're not good you you're not doing a good job in that visualization if that okay. means. Yeah. Like you catch yourself like, oh, like this feels awkward and I'm just visualizing it. So um, continue to go through that visualization until you feel very comfortable with whatever you're trying to work on. So
0: it's like if your sticking point is that off the floor in the deadlift, you think about it, but you just go right through it and you pick the weight up.
1: Yeah. And you just kind of consistently do that until it almost becomes second nature. Um, And then like that visualization, you'll feel real good about it. You'll be like, awesome. I'm like real confident about this. And that confidence is going to translate into performing that lift effectively. Like when you're actually doing that lift, it's, it's a crazy transition and you know, it might not happen the first time you do it, but like, as you get better at this, you'll see real results out of it.
0: Would you recommend like going through these visual visualizations and then executing the lifts at sub maximal? So it's like you get used to, you get used to always seeing success.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you know most people are obviously not going to just go to the gym and I I hope not you know start picking up the heaviest weight they can. So you can do this as you're building up in those previous sets in those working weights, um, so that you're working on this for you know five sets before you get to that point where you're lifting really heavy weight and your form will start to break down. So that you've been kind of introducing that positive reinforcement that whole time.
0: Yeah, and I too. I also think too. Like the actual practical side of it is like there should be there should be a a, a greater plan. Like you you very rarely miss like PR attempts. Um, number one because you don't attempt them all that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number two, it's because of this visualization and it's part of like a greater approach that you have to to certain goals, to just your whole like macro outlook on the training. Right. Um, and I think that's an area where people get can get overwhelmed is like, there's just so many goals or there's so many things they want to accomplish. So like, there's no real plan. And then you come in and it's almost just overwhelming trying to accomplish everything.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, You know, kind of like you said, like I, when I go into a PR, I know I'm going to do it. I don't attempt something that I'm like concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, And a, you know, a lot of it is, is that visualization. Like I've been through that so many times in my head throughout the week that I I'm I'm like 100% sure that I'm going to hit that lift. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it's actually weird. Like I've actually never really thought about that until you said that right now. I was trying mm-hmm. to think like the last time I failed on a lift now I like, can't really think of it. Yeah. Um because it's like I know going into that day like people will be like what are you going to do today and be like I'm going to squat 375 by 5 like and that's just because I've What's been... What's going to happen. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. been doing that all week. Like, I've done it, like, 20 times already this mm-hmm. week. And
0: I, I think that, that requires a lot of discipline because, you know, you have people that are so day-to-day in the gym. Right. And they're just like, okay, this is the workout. I'm going to come in and I'm going to go balls out and I'm going to go 100% and, like, whatever happens, happens because I'm going max. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and it's just that need to step back and actually, like, kind of assess what you're doing. Um, go, go into the week with a plan and, and just ha- basically, like... Ha- Have an idea of of what you're going to be doing. Don't just show up, um, you know, at the sake of sounding counterintuitive to what people should be doing, but, like, don't just show up and follow the workout. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like show up and follow the workout, but, like, don't – if you're walking into the gym and this is, like, the first time you're looking at what that workout is going to be, like, you're going to have very – Not inefficient results, but you could be doing a lot better as opposed to if you saw what was on the board, you're coming in and you're having a plan with what you're trying to do. Right. Um, And I think that just goes, like, with everything workouts. It doesn't have to be like you're trying to hit a squat PR. Yeah. It could be just like a regular workout where, like, you're trying to, you know, get better at rowing or you're trying to, like, you know, do something for time or you're trying to do, like, five pull-ups in a workout. You know what I mean? Um, so how does somebody do this without like becoming obsessive and like, yeah, we're talking about the gym and we're talking about spending time visualizing your success, like for the average person that might be like, I don't have time to do this. Or like, I'm I'm not going to do this. This is just my hour of going to the gym. Right. Like, what's the reason they should do that? What, where, how, how, how is this going to benefit them? And like, where is this going to improve the quality of their life? Basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it translates into everything that you do. So whether it is in the gym or outside of the gym, you can use visualization techniques for you know presentations, for um, you know meetings <laughs> with your boss or whatever, which I wish I had done back in my marketing oh, man. days. Is that I what you're just, laughing at?
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: it's so funny.
0: I actually had somebody one time ask me if I was a communications major in college. Really? They were like, yeah, you're so – natural at public speaking and i was like god if you would have seen pritz and i do presentations in college like the amount of nerves that would happen was just i paid 20 i
1: paid somebody 20 dollars to give a present presentation for me that i wasn't getting graded on (laughs) like there was no grade you just had to do it and i was like i don't want to do this i'm going to pay somebody 20 bucks yeah my my you know team partner or whatever to do my section of the presentation (laughs) um but anyways all honestly all it takes is like three to four minutes a day of just like going through the things that you're uncomfortable about and things that you want to get better at. And like I said, whether it's in the gym outside of the gym, just visualizing that for three to four minutes a day, we'll see like actual real results when you do that task or do that lift or whatever you're doing.
0: Yeah. And I think it's really important too, that people like learn, do this stuff to apply hurdles, Mm -hmm. excuse me, apply this to overcome hurdles. Yeah. Um, it's something that I've been doing a lot more in rehabbing, some stuff going on in my lower half mm-hmm. is like, it's been an incredibly frustrating process for me, but I've started to really like channel that into positive thinking towards it. Yep. And it's like, it's very easy to be like, Oh, I'm never going to get back up to like weight that I was moving before or strength levels that I had before. But it's like, you break it down one at a time. So it's like went into the gym on Saturday. I planned on Thursday that I knew I was going to go to open gym and do squats mm-hmm. And it was like, this is going to go fine. Visualized each rep, like what I need to do to like keep my technique tight. And it just ended up being a great squat session. Yeah. And like, is that that cool? I'm like, no. <laughs> but it's like these are very small steps one at a time that you take, whether it's coming back from something or whether it's just layering that foundation to then achieve something that's really, really good or that achieves that end goal. Right. It's like layers of this stuff. Positive focus, positive focus, positive energy on it. You know, good mental thought towards one at a time completing of that objective.
1: And honestly, like it sounds like some hippie shit, where it's like, oh, think positive thoughts yeah. and like, like good the things secret. will come. Yeah, exactly. But that
0: stuff, like, it works. I believe in that.
1: It, yeah, it does. It absolutely works. So it, there's no kind of refuting that aspect of it.
0: Yeah. So I think you know, if you were to just reverse engineer this, like, yes, you want to be focused in on whatever that specific goal is. But if you were to take like a step back with it, um, you know, and talk about creating that plan for yourself, like giving yourself that why, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things that I've just observed a lot, and I know you have as well, in just the five years of owning performance Three Hundred and Sixty, is, you know, we always talk about the two month, the two month timeline for being in a timeline when a lot of folks quit. Yep and to me that just screams of like i got so pumped up to do this now i'm lost now i don't know what to do i didn't lose 20 pounds in 30 days right so i'm just going to bail on this like i had no plan i didn't even know where to begin visualizing completing so i just stopped right and it's like i like to talk about that as like the tenderization of gym memberships like right. people just want they want to bounce from one thing right into the next and it's like oh i came from orange theory and before that i did you know, yoga and then I did Pilates and, like, I came from CrossFit and it's just, like, you're talking to these people and you're like, oh, my God, like, you're not going to last here. Right. Like, we're not a magic pill. Right. You know what I mean? We're not going to do something that these other places didn't do for you if you're the type that can't focus in on something and that bails and quits right away.
1: Right. It's not these places' faults. It's your fault because (laughs) you're just, you're not committing, you're not giving it the proper kind of dedication that you should to get results.
0: And we just, like, it's amazing just how quickly as a like, society we want to just leave things that are uncomfortable. Like, right. This isn't comfortable for me. This isn't exactly what I want to be doing. So I'm going to quit and I'm going to bail.
1: Uh, didn't you have some something that you did in the past? I feel like you were telling me about
0: uh, yeah.
1: something that you quit or almost quit. Or yeah, like with
0: Richmond. We were teammates. Oh, that's it's right. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, you
0: know, I, I talk about all this stuff a lot and like with people that – you know, come in and they don't stick to a plan. And it's like, because it's uncomfortable. Like we always talk about, you know, people that come in and they're like, you know, I didn't do this cause it wasn't fun or, you know, I, I just treating it as I, I'm not doing this cause I don't want to versus like, this is what I have to do because I'm an adult and I need to, I need to <laughs> see this through because it's beneficial for me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I always think back to that as like, you know, when we were playing together at Richmond, you know, I was 18 in high school, and I decided like I didn't want to play college baseball, so I wanted to just go to school and be like regular student, mm-hmm. do the whole college thing. Frat boy? No, <laughs> but I did want to just go to college and basically party. Um, and like I think I, I was set to go to Clemson actually, so my life would have been like drastically really? different. Like, I Clemson did not know as that. like a student, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was what you might call a slacker in high school. <laughs> Um, so I got really, I didn't get shitty grades, but I got grades not good enough to get into the schools that I wanted to get into. So it was like one month in, in to one month to go my senior high school. And I was like, fuck, I need base. I need baseball to help me get into college. So fast forward Richmond, who's like a very, very, very good school. Like I did not have any yeah. academically yeah. very good school and I had no business getting into there, but I found out that I could go play baseball there. So it was like, okay, like I'm going to go do this. Yeah. This is an amazing opportunity. Um, so I got there and I was a recruited walk on cause this was like long after everybody had been signed. Um, cause I decided so late that I wanted to play baseball mm-hmm. and going into that first year, I was like, my heart was not in it at all. I was like, I'm doing this kind of cause I have to cause it got me to the school, mm-hmm. but I'm already in so I could quit and like, just ride this out and get like an awesome education. Right. And that first like fall season happened and like I did not play well. Like I wasn't focused at all. It's all the stuff you were talking about. Like I'd had no visualization. I didn't visualize where this was going. Did I want to try to like start ultimately? Where, where was this going for me? I was just showing right. up and like playing every day and there was no purpose. I had no like greater goal or anything like that. And our first year, like we weren't even very good. So there wasn't even any motivation to to stay with it, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, we were real bad. So I remember, like, talking to my dad when I, I was like, I'm just not feeling this. Like, I, I don't want to play baseball anymore. And he was like, you know, this is not really a, a matter of, like, what you want to do. Like, you showed up there to play baseball. Um, you know, you need to, like, get your mind frame right, and you need to at least give this a year of, like, your dedicated focus and your dedicated energy. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Smart so, man. yeah, and it's just like, that's a parallel to like the gym. It sounds stupid, but this is why most people quit. No plan, no purpose, like no passion, but they know that it's like good for them. So they start out doing it. Right. And of course I didn't, I ended up, you know, playing all four years, ended up being a part of an awesome team. You know, we go on to play in two NCAA tournaments. Um, we made like our best friends at that school. Um, just had an amazing experience. Like I went on to be team captain my senior year. And like, Mm -hmm. I was like, nothing that first year right and it's just like i look at that now and i'm like what would be where would my life be if i quit like i we would have never met right so it's like the gym wouldn't have opened right and like who the hell knows where <laughs> where that would be
1: i i'm scared to even think about that. you know what i mean yeah. it's like
0: both of our lives would just be drastically different right. and i i you know it's it sounds crazy to talk about that as, like, quitting a gym membership. Right. But I really believe that. Oh, Because yeah. it's, like, you see how many lives are transformed from people applying themselves physically and, like, getting their shit together physically. And then the next thing you know, like, their whole life is just cleaned up or their whole life is improved. And, like, success in the gym just begets success outside of the gym. Yeah. Um, so it's just this notion of people coming in and, like, not getting results, like, right away. It's, like, people feeling almost, like, Entitled to the results, yeah, and they don't have any plan on how they're going to follow through with this. There's no like, there's no mental approach to it. That there's just nothing to that. So it's a matter of just, you know, how can we get people to be
1: more engaged with what they're trying to do? Right. Uh, You know, I think it's number one: set realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. So you know, unfortunately, in today's society, you have so much just shit being blasted at you from every corner about you know, lose 20 pounds in 20 days, you know, get a 500 pound deadlift in one month, like all this just shit that's kind of clouding your vision. And that's why I hate that. Cause like, how
0: is somebody supposed to visualize losing 20 pounds in 20 days? Yeah. Okay. Today I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to eat until Wednesday. (laughs) Like that's the only way to do that. I know. Like, it's just like, how about let's lose one pound per week. Yeah. kind of reverse
1: engineer that and find like a realistic expectation of what you want out of it and find that goal that will achieve that. And then fucking bust your ass on that to get that result.
0: Yeah. It's like, so somebody that comes in and wants to lose 20 pounds, they have no idea what they're going to do. So it's like, let's first say, okay, you want to lose 20 pounds. Let's, let's agree right now that that is not going to happen in two or three months. Yeah. So hopefully that person is on that same page. right? You know, you get to a point where it's like, okay, so set those realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Whatever your goals are, like listener, whomever, like whatever your goal is, you're not going to reach it very soon. Yep. Like if it's a goal worth having, chances are that's going to take some time and some hard work. Yep. So it's like let's build that backwards. If I want to lose 20 pounds, let's set a goal of I'm going to lose one pound per week. Mm -hmm. That's realistic, healthy weight loss that can be achieved by anybody and you can keep that weight off. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about some like dumbass cleanse. Like let's keep this weight off. So if it's gonna lose a pound a week, okay, that's gonna be twenty weeks. Yep. So that's gonna be five months. So now let's talk about what we're gonna do on a day to day basis. Mm -hmm. So you know you know, not to get into any nutrition talk, but let's say your nutrition plan is built you know what you're going to eat for breakfast so it's like all you got to do now is just focus up on that one at a time that one breakfast yeah so yep. it's like you know that's not visualizing like what am i going to eat for right. breakfast but it's like <laughs> you know it it, it it there is a correlation to what you're talking about and it's like that realistic objective like okay i'm going up to the batter's box and i'm only going to look at away right if, if something is inside like i'm not even looking at it like yep. just that just shrink shrink your objectives to attainable things that you can control
1: yeah And that applies in the gym at work. You know, I think also what you were talking about with, you know, putting that effort in is people just show up to work, they do whatever, they're not like focused on, okay, if I bust my ass in this job for two years, I'll get to this point and then I'll be able to do this or this and that's what I want to do. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm in this job, I hate it, I'm just going to show up and, you know, do what they tell me to do and I'm going to be miserable and I'm not going to like, Get to where I want to be in life, and it's it's so it's all the same shit within the gym too. It's perfect and, parallel,
0: and that's why I think it is such a good parallel because you have total control over your behavior in the gym. Yep, you choose to show up, you choose how hard you're going to work. So if you learn, if you learn that when you are in total control, there's no boss that's dragging you down. There, there's nobody to blame but yourself in that scenario. Right. So if you can learn that, and you learn that you are in complete control of that, and all of a sudden you take control of that and you commit to something and you show up and you start completing goals, that's absolutely going to have that carryover effect in the
1: rest of your life. Yeah. And, you know, just thinking about that example that you use with 20 pounds, it's like, if you think like, wow, I have to lose or I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. Like that seems like a monumental goal.
0: Monument. Yeah. it's Like, how am
1: I going to do that? And then you're going to be so quick to quit when you're not seeing progress or not like Halfway there after a couple of weeks, got to build it backwards. Like, think yeah. about when
0: we opened the gym.
1: Like, did we say
0: we want 300 members by March? <laughs> like, we started the gym 125 grand in debt, yep, with 30 members and like zero money. Yep, and like, our remember our goal, it was like 10 members a month. Yep, just 10 a month. a month. Like, we weren't trying to get nuts. Like, let's provide a great service and let's just add 10 people a month. And yep. like, one day we'll have a salary for ourselves. (laughs) And then like the next goal is like, we'll pay this loan off. Right. And then the next goal is like, okay, like let's get some staff. Yeah. And then it's like the next goal is, okay, let's actually like start paying our bills and the gym bills. and Like, let's start doing pretty well. Yeah. And then like these goals start to add up and then we're like, holy shit, let's open a second location. yeah. Like we now need this. Mm -hmm. Like those goals start to add up. And now it's like, we're at this position now where our membership is where it's at, you know, hover always between like five fifty and six hundred and we had no clue it would result in that. Right. We just started out with this ten members a month. Ten members a month.
1: Baby steps. Let's
0: just let it add up and like let's not let's not you know, our our goal was to grow and it was to get to I think three hundred members was our initial goal. Right. So that was always the end prize. We had that on our mind. Right. But it was it's like you can see it but you don't focus on it. Mm-hmm. And you're able to just go about that day-to-day tasks. What can I do today to put myself in a position to hit that goal? Like, yeah, it's know? like
1: having that bigger purpose, where then you're breaking that down and you're putting that effort into these smaller goals yeah. for that general or that bigger purpose. I
0: was reading this book where they talked about stretch goals, and mm-hmm. like this this company made all their employees like come to work every month in the meeting with like a stretch goal, with like a goal that was like crazy unobtainable. Yeah. But it's like. You, you work towards it and like ultimately you're, you're going to get there. Yeah. So you want it to be you – you want your goals to be – I don't want to say grandiose, but you want them to be like shoot for something really high and then build that out backwards and figure out how you can do it on a daily basis. Like yeah. if your goal as like a, a girl is to squat 200 pounds and you're at like 135 now and you're like, I'm never going to be able to do that. Like what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like just baby steps. Like focus on hitting a five-pound PR next time you're in the gym. All those tips that you're talking about, visualize your sticking points, visualize yourself fighting through it, and then you hit that goal. Yep. So it's like, awesome. Now on to the next.
1: Yep. Uh, my fiance is going to get mad at me for this one too, but Suck it, Ashley, she doesn't listen, so I shouldn't worry too much. <laughs> um, I, feel, I feel like that's kind of bothering you. <laughs> I know she will. I think it's uh, she's busy with travel and all that stuff yeah. right now, she's going to Egypt. and Yeah, well, tomorrow. I'm going to quiz her
0: after her Egypt trip because she'll have a full plane ride, so I'm yeah. going to expect – There we go. A-plus score on
1: our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my ex-girlfriend, when she was at the gym working on her push jerk, she got to like 105. And I remember she freaked out because it felt so heavy to her. She was like, I'm never going to be anything more than 105. Like, I don't think I'll ever be able to go up from this. That felt so heavy. That was so hard. Like, I'm never going to be able to go up. And I think the last time that she PR'd was, like, 170 or something mm-hmm. like that. 175. 175. Yeah. So it's just, like, you know, this person was so beat up by, like, this one, you know, number that she couldn't get over. And then she just, like, kept putting in the work. And all of a sudden, she had almost doubled that. And it's just, like, that was a number that if you told her, hey, your goal is 175, right off the bat, she would have been, like, nah, I'm um, no chance. Right. So. And, you know, the reality is, like, most, like –
0: most people are mentally weak, mm-hmm. and that's a learned skill. I think people learn to be mentally weak, and you learn to be mentally tough. Like you, like we were saying in the beginning, your brain is a muscle, mm-hmm. and it, it, it can be trained like anything else. Right. Strong glutes can be developed. Strong mind can also be developed. So that's a huge point, I think, is like talking about goals being attainable in the near term mm-hmm. to build up for a less attainable long term. Right. Like Kristen would have never walked in and been like, I'm going to jerk 175. Right from 105, but it was like, maybe I'll go for 110, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. It's just stuff slowly, slowly builds up. And I think a large part of that is like, we love to compare ourselves to people right. in today's society, like Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all it is, is in the fitness world, opportunities to see CrossFit games, athletes, like snatching what you squat. Right. And it's like, it's so easy to just be like, ugh, I'm never going to get to that level. Yep. But it's just, you have to be able to not compare yourself to other people at all times. Uh You have to be able to set your goal and then be able to focus on that first objective. That's when you then apply all of those visualizations to that, to where that you hit, you hit that goal on that day and then you move on to the next one.
1: Yep. And you know, I I forget who it was. Somebody, it was after I hit a big squat PR, somebody was like, man, I'm never going to be able to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. You know, that was so much, and my response was, I've been doing this longer than you. That's it. Right. That's the only reason why I'm ahead of you at this moment, because I started this stuff way before you. Yeah, like, so, I,
0: I've trained that muscle for longer.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's funny, like, I know we,
0: we get asked a lot, like, you know, we love to think that, like, everybody who signs up for the gym is this, like, crazy committed person, and they're going to come in, and they don't need any help or motivation. They're going to be totally self-sufficient. Right. Some people are like that, but the average person, they need help. They need guidance. Like they're getting started on a program that's new. It can be scary. There's all these goals available to them. Like, where do I start? Mm-hmm. So, you know, people ask, like, how do I get, how can I motivate myself to come to the gym? Like after a shitty day where I just want to go home and like eat ice cream or, right. you know, I just, I'm sore. I want to take four days off. Like, how can I motivate myself to get on this plan on this program?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's honestly, that's something that I think everybody goes through. Um, you know, we basically live at a gym and there are days that I'm like, I don't want to fucking yeah, like, work out.
0: Honestly, I don't love working out. Yeah. Like it's funny. Like I work at a gym. I should love it. I see it sometimes as just, just as cumbersome as an act as other people. Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, our job is a gym, but we have a job that like, sometimes we get overwhelmed with work and it's like making that a priority. Yeah. And I think that, you know, how can we relay that to the average person? That's like, how can I motivate myself?
1: Right. I mean, you know, for us, or for me, and I assume you too, um, one of the things is having that community at the gym, which we obviously do, but also kind of that mini community of our close friends that we have a text chain going where it's like somebody will post whatever time they're going to the gym, and then all of a sudden everybody else is like, yeah, man, I'm in, I'm in. And then this happened to me last week where earlier in that day I had said, yeah, I'm in at the 4.30, and it got to be like 3.30, and I was like, just mentally fried i wanted no part of going to the gym but i was like you know what i committed to do this with my friends like i'm gonna show up once i got there super easy to kind of get into it but it was like that initial struggle to get in there like purely based on making a commitment to my friend Mm -hmm. that i would be there your
0: your accountability buddies yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's true like little stuff like that just little mental little like mental tricks you can play on yourself like for commitment like that's you know even just signing up for a class yeah. like if you signing don't go you have to go in and unregister and it's slapping yourself in the face like I am lazy I am not going today <laughs> unregister yeah you know, but that that's what it is yeah so it's like just finding ways to hold yourself accountable in the short term but I think you know the greater issue with that is like if somebody is struggles to find motivation to go to the gym that much, then they are they don't have their why figured out. They yeah. don't know why they're going to the gym. Very good point. Yeah. Like it's so it sounds stupid and corny, but it's like this new thing that we're doing now with our new members is an exercise that we have them do is write down why they started coming to the gym. Yeah, and it's like people can laugh at that and they can be like, "There's no power in that," but I just totally disagree with it. You know, if you are sit if you're forced to sit down and say, "Why do I want to hit this?" Yeah, like why do I want a squat goal of 400 pounds? Mm-hmm. Why? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you might discover like, shit, I don't have a good reason for this. Yeah. Or it might be like because I want to make sure that I discover my genetic strength potential. Yep. As I age, I want to be stronger than I was when I was 21. Yep. Like I want to be playing sports actively into my 50s. Yeah. You know, so if you get bummed out about this goal and you come back to this and you're like, Sh- you know what? Like that's that's my why. I got I to gotta get back into this because like – over the last six months for me, like I've been really struggling going to the gym because I've been going through like issues with my hip and it's like, it's, it's getting better now, but it's been hard because I'm like, Oh, I'm never going to get back up to this. Right. But It's like, I remember like my purpose of going into the gym is like, I, I, I want every year I'm alive to be the best shape I'm in. Yeah. Like year over year, I want to be in better shape r- relative so to that's it your all. why. Yeah, it's like I want to like – I love being 34, going to the gym and like running laps around 23-year-olds. You know what I mean? Like I just love that shit. (laughs) Like I love that feeling of getting older and like not allowing my body to age mentally. Yeah. If that makes sense.
1: That makes total sense.
0: So it's like for me, I always come back to that. It's like my goals aren't like to be the strongest person in the gym. Like Mm -hmm. my goals aren't to like – you know, less of a competitive side, more for it is like my personal, how I feel about myself mm-hmm. and how I want to feel as I age and as I get older and stuff that I can positively relay to other people that are, you know, in that kind of same position.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Like, I think my why is two part. Number one, I don't want to be like on my deathbed looking back. I and never being... squatted <laughs> 400 pounds. No, but just like I, I didn't, I didn't give it everything I had. Right. Um, and yeah, that you can say whatever that means, like whether it's a squat PR or whatever, but it's just like, if I know that I can put weight on a bar and do it safely, like I'll, I will attempt to do that because I don't want to look back at my life and be like, Oh, like I could have tried harder and I could have like gotten more out of it. And that's a little bit generic because it's like, you're right. Like what does a 500 pound deadlift mean to like, you know, the end of your life. But, um, It just, for me, that that means something to me. Of course,
0: because it, it, you know, that act of doing that, that carries over into the other aspects of your life.
1: Yeah. And then number two is I want to be like 75 years old and hiking mountains and backpacking and doing cool shit. Like, I don't want age to be something that prohibits me from doing the things that I love.
0: Yeah. And like, I want to, exactly. I am like, I am terrified of death. Like, I (laughs) think about it every day. Sometimes it consumes me. Yeah. (laughs) Like my girlfriend's always making fun of me about it, but it's like, I'm freaked out about dying. So I want to live as long as I possibly can.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. I want to live as long as I possibly can because it's like so many people, I feel like they work, they get to retirement and they're like, all right, I'm going to go chill and like, you know, sit by the pool all day from like 60 to 75. Like, I don't want to do
1: that. I don't want to do that. So,
0: you know, it's like, yes, is going to the gym on Tuesday, like. Is that going to be that impactful 40 years from now? Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you do that every day and that's your thought process. Like the next thing you know, like your total, your life has been transformed and now you're this, you know, so many, so many things are opened up just by the act of like getting in, honing in on a goal, working backwards on it. And then every single day working towards that goal.
1: Yeah. And just thinking about all this stuff, I have to say this. People that say that I don't have time to come to the gym because you work too much, like. No, you don't. Yeah. You do not work too much to go to the gym. Like, that's just a lie that you're telling yourself. Um, That just popped into my head because there's a book called, um, like, The Five Regrets of the Dying or something where some nurse... Can't
0: wait to think about death tonight.
1: Yeah. Some nurse... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Some nurse interviewed people that were on their deathbed, and the number one biggest regret is that they worked too much and didn't enjoy the other things in life. And it's just like... You know, that's funny because we work our asses off and we, I, I do that. Like I know for a fact I do that, but I, I do enjoy working. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of okay with that, but, um, yeah, I mean, people that don't get the things out of life that they want because they say they work too much. Like, no, you don't.
0: Yeah. Like you're, I mean you have time for only a few priorities. I believe that it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of what are your priorities. Yeah. So like make time for those, but don't say you don't have time for that. And I just like, you know, this whole, I think to to kind of circle back to it, you know, in, in getting people to be more successful in their physical endeavors through mental visualization, you know, that stuff just absolutely works, you know, whether it's, you know, going up there and hitting a fastball in hopes to get to major leagues or just coming in and working, towards a lift, a PR that that you really, really, really want to hit that means a lot to you. Um, Being able to first have that goal and then know how to mentally take the mental steps to get you there. Yeah. Um, What do you think when people who, you know, when you see people that are highly unsuccessful in the gym, like people that quit early, or that they stay a while, but they never really, like, they live in that limbo mm-hmm. all the time. Where, like, they come to the gym a lot, right? but they're never really, like, you never see them really applying themselves. They right. just do the workout. Mm-hmm. Like, what are some ways that people, do you think, can kind of focus in, like, get a goal, like, say, I want to pick this as a goal, and then work towards that?
1: You know, that's hard because everybody has, they come to the gym for different reasons, and they have their own why it's number one, figuring out that why. Mm -hmm. And then kind of like you said earlier, like backtrack, figure out that top level why, and then slowly work backwards to find the steps that you need to do to get there essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of like what they need to do, um, number one, I mean, one thing I always tell people is like, talk to coaches, like coaches have a lot of knowledge and like have seen a lot of people go through the same stuff that that person has, And they can help you, you know, and a lot of times that stuff develops over time. So if you're in month one or something like that, like start thinking about it. Don't feel like you have to have this goal right away. Right. Um, But at least start thinking about it. Start thinking about what you want out of it and what that kind of end goal is.
0: Yeah, that's just like the the main thing with it is like like you said, why why are you doing this? Like why do you do anything in life? Like not to get deeper than a fitness podcast, but it's like, why do you come to the gym? That, yeah. That's the major question people need to answer themselves. And then from there, figure out goals that are going to help you with whatever that end range, that stretch goal is. And then mentally focus in on those on a micro scale, a day-to-day basis. Yeah.
1: And honestly, like when you were going through like that kind of stepping back and taking that step-by-step, step, like things just seem so much easier that mm-hmm. way. Like, so
0: So, so- – less overwhelming. Yeah.
1: It's like, oh, all I have to do is just focus on this small thing. Like that's so easy. Like anybody can do that.
0: And I remember that just kept me so confident when we were opening the gym at first Mm -hmm. was like, you know, little things would happen and it's all good. Like I'm, I got my immediate short term goal and that's just get 10 new people to come try to come join this gym.
1: Yeah. Like that's all that matters. And then, you know, going off that, you can break that back into, okay, to get 10 new people to join the gym, you know, we need, 16 trials a month mm-hmm. because of our conversion percentage. So yep. essentially all we need to do is get 16 people to try the gym every month and we're good. Right. And then it's
0: that that's really what it is. Is like you have to be – you have to have your goals and then you have to figure out the steps it takes to get those goals. And then once you have the steps, that's when you really hone in on the visualization of it. You yep. picture yourself doing it. You see yourself succeeding. You really just plant that blueprint in your brain that there's no other way that this is going – result other than the complete success that i'm envisioning in my mind
1: yeah and i think that you will see like a crazy difference in your result number one but just like your overall focus and how you approach uh going to the gym i think you'll see like a very realistic difference Mm Mm-hmm. awesome totally agree so well you got anything else to add on the topic um you know as we get older um i i wanted to answer this question for somebody uh they asked as you get older um, I think they're in their mid, upper 30s. Like, how does the mental side change for you as you get older? Yeah. That, um, yeah. Because your body changes, obviously. So, like, does your mind change with it? Um, and I, yeah. I personally think, like, it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Like, as I get older, like, I stop caring about pure strength. Absolutely. And I start caring more about, like, you know, you talk about the Swiss Army knife you know, being good at everything, right? Um, being that complete athlete, being that person that can go do anything very well, mm-hmm. um, and less about, like, trying to hit a 500-pound deadlift, right. stuff like that. Yeah,
0: you start to realize, like, what really matters, and that's, like, my goals have totally shifted. Like, I was talking about my goal is just to be, you know, very, I can still do everything I want to do as I get to be 34 and as I get to be older, and it's, like, I just think there's so much value in that. Um
1: jack-of-all-trades approach yeah yeah so um if you are getting older you know i I think it's it's very wise to adjust your goals and i I think it goes back to that why if you constantly have that why in the back of your head those goals will kind of form for you Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point so
0: well good stuff um yeah thanks a lot for listening guys we've really been um just super happy with how everybody's kind of been sharing the podcast and also continuing to give us uh, good reviews and the ratings on iTunes. If you do enjoy it, please go do that. It helps us out a lot um, where you're actually like searching the business of lifting weights and then, you know, rate us well, please. It really helps a lot. And please continue to share it if you do like it.
1: Yeah. We kind of got right into the episode today, but um you know, I, I think we're up to 2000 downloads. Really? Um, something like that. So, um, nice. We we really appreciate you guys spreading the word. Like, please keep doing it. If you like an episode, share it on Facebook. Um, just kind of keep keep spreading that word.
0: Yeah, and also if you have topics that you think would be good, like shoot them our way. Like we said, we based this one off of um, our buddy Matt and a few other people who had asked us. So, yeah, shoot shoot more topics our way, and uh, continue to spread the word and let us know what you guys want to hear. All right. All we'll right. See
1: you guys next time. See you.